Needing a uh, touch from Almighty God. Lord, help me for this uh, cause. Lord, help me to speak to thy people. And for what you do in this place, we will thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, uh, and all of God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. Mark chapter number 2. Preaching on this subject, the kind of faith that will take you to the next level with God. By way of introduction this morning, it is here in our text where we find the familiar story about four men who have been brought and they brought a man sick of the palsy to the Lord Jesus. They had brought him by faith in order to seek God heal him of his condition as the text reveals we know and understand that there were there was quite a crowd there that day the Bible said there were so much there were so many people in that place that there was no room to walk in the building they were piled to the door gathered to listen to the Lord's Jesus Christ preach the gospel and may I say without a doubt these people were listening to the greatest of all preachers. He's the prince of preachers. And uh, can I say, my friend, uh, uh, there's never been a man that can compare uh, to preaching like Jesus preached. Uh, He didn't just preach the word. Uh, He didn't just live the word. He was the word. Uh, The Bible lets us know he was uh, the word that was made flesh and dwelled among us. Can you imagine uh, what it must have been like that day uh, to sit where those men were sitting uh, to hear what those men were hearing. Uh, Can I say it's just a side note uh, but in verse number one the Bible said it was noise that Jesus was in the house. Uh, And may I say this morning hear me now. uh, The best way to get the attention of men uh, and see the house of God flooded uh, it's not through entertainment. It's not through advertisement. It's not through and by membership enrollment. Uh, But my friend I do want to say Uh, the best way to see the house of God uh, filled to the brim as it is uh, in Mark chapter number 2 is through and by the endorsement of the Lord Jesus Christ Uh, I need y'all to hear me now it's all about him this morning Uh, those people that were there that day uh, they were there for one reason and one reason only and that was to see and hear from the Lord Uh, can I say a church without Christ Uh, It's a failure no matter the finances. A church without Jesus, it's nothing more than a formality no matter the fit. Can I say a church without Christ? It's a flop despite your friendships. But I can tell you from experience that if you'll get a bunch of people that's hungry for God, you can meet in a barn. You can meet in somebody's living room. You can meet in the basement. You can meet in a storefront. We know from experience. You can meet in an insulated panel building friend Uh, if you're there to see him uh, it won't take long for him to show up Uh, after where two or three are gathered in my name uh, I'll be in the midst of them let me hear you Uh, listen to me listen what I've got to say you better not ever get over going at the church where Jesus goes these men were there because Jesus was there can I say this day wasn't just helping those who were there we find in our text there were four men who brought a man to the meeting. And this man, the Bible said, was sick of the palsy. Can I tell you this morning, this man did not have a front row seat in the building. 
This man wasn't singing in the choir. He did not have his name probably on a membership roll. But one thing he had was a problem. Is anybody listening to me? This palsy man, he didn't have no money. He didn't have much to offer. Probably wasn't real talented. I mean, he didn't have what all them other people had to offer probably. But one thing he did have was a problem. And it just so happens, my friend, that's the very ones that the Lord Jesus spent his whole ministry looking for is the ones that had a problem. I say thank God the Lord did not die to save the saints. He didn't die for the sophisticated. He didn't die for socially acceptable. But he died on a cross to save sinners. And that's the only way you and I ever got in is because Jesus had bled and died for a bunch of sinners like us. This old poor palsy man, he didn't have a hope in the world until he encountered a Jesus. You know the story. The Bible said he couldn't even get out of bed, let alone make his way down to meeting where the Lord was. He had to be brought. Are you hearing me this morning? He had to be brought to where Jesus was. Can I take a quick time out and say, is there anybody in here today that can look back and thank God when you weren't pursuing the Lord? That somebody brought you. It might have been a mama. It might have been a daddy. It might have been a husband or a wife. It might have been a co-worker. But somebody told you it was noise that Jesus was in the house going to God for the day that somebody let me know that Jesus is in the house. Can I say this morning, you ought to hug whoever that is. You ought to shake their hand. You ought to love them and thank them that they'd bring you to where God was. These men, they brought the sick of the palsy for him to get what they already had, a touch from the Lord. Somebody said one time, said, Brother Josh, how in the world do you know them for? We're men. The Bible never says that they were men. The Bible just says in verse number two, and they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy which was born of four. It never says men. I said, I know how it was men. Because it don't say on the way from the house to the church. They stopped by Walmart. Or they stopped by Kroger. Or they ran through a drive-thru. Help me somebody. Or they had to pick up something. Or they had to go get a card or a gift. It just said that they left the house and went to church. Had to be four men, y'all. Had to be four men. They, they gathered this man up. They rolled him out. Put him on the back of the wagon and made their way to where Jesus was. Here's what I do know. I do know that four people had a burden to seek God that saved somebody that was obviously important to them and dear to their hearts. If I could this morning, I want to preach on that thought. The kind of faith that will take you to the next level with God. Would you look with me in verse number one through verse number Three. The Bible said, and again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noised that he was in the house. And straightway, many were gathered together, and so much that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. I'm glad he preached the word. Help me, somebody. We've got all kinds of preaching, but if it ain't Bible preaching, it ain't preaching at all. In verse number three, and they come unto him, bring one of the sick of the palsy which was born of four. I want to say number one this morning 
about the kind of faith that will take you to the next level with God. Number one, their faith calls them to get out of their comfort zone. Their faith caused them to get out of their comfort zone. What do you mean? Here's what I mean. They had to leave their company. How can I say it was noise that Jesus was in the house. It's apparent that most of the people of Capernaum attended meeting that day. It's apparent that most of the town was gathered to see Jesus and hear for themselves what he had to say. Don't misunderstand what I'm about to say. Are y'all listening to me? Don't misunderstand me. There's nothing wrong with going where God is and trying to hear from him for yourself. After all, after all, he's our only hope. He's the only answer we have for our problems. But may I say, it's also important to know that going to the house of God and gathering together with your family and your friends over and over and over, how many of y'all would say it becomes a comfort zone? I mean, it becomes comfortable. It becomes quote unquote what? We do. How many of y'all get up? It ain't a second thought. Saturday night, you lay out in your church clothes. Sunday morning, you get up, you take a shower, you brush your teeth, you put something on, you run out the door, and you come to church because it's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to come. And when you come, you ought to be looking for Jesus. But on this day, these four men, I believe they left their wives. I believe they left their families. I believe they left their friends. They had to get out of their comfort zone. It was the norm for them to be there. But on this day, they got up and they changed their normal routine. Can I say these four men, they had the faith to leave their comfort zone of being with everyone else in order to see somebody meet and know the Lord Jesus. You know what them men knew? That man that had the palsy, ain't no way he could have gotten to Jesus by himself. And they had a burden if we don't go if we don't try to find him if we don't go and gather him up he'll never get to experience what all the town is experiencing can I say no doubt they had family and friends but my friend they were willing to leave all behind by faith and believing that God could save the sick man are you listen to me from those they were familiar with are you willing this morning for God to do something maybe you're not comfortable with. Maybe it's out of your comfort zone. But if it's what God needs you to do to see somebody saved from a blistering, bowling, burning hell. If it's willing, if you're willing to see God save that one that would have never been saved without having faith to get out of your comfort zone. My friend, there's going to come a time in your life where your faith may lead you away from those you're familiar with and those that you love in order to reach somebody who needs to find out who Jesus is. He had to get away. They had to leave their comfort zone. That does not mean those people there that day were bad. It does not mean they were the wrong kind. But those people were hindering these four men from getting the man to Jesus Christ. So how do you know I ain't saying they were wrong for being there, but they were in the way. Help me, somebody. What do you mean? The Bible said they could not get the man to Jesus for the crowd. They were there. Good for them. Praise God. But they were also hindering a man that could not get there on his own. 
What are you trying to say? I'm trying to say leaving your comfort zone may require you to separate yourselves from people you love. Not because you're better than them, not because you're holier than them, but because their presence becomes your focus. Can I tell you something? If the church becomes more about the people than it does the presence of God, they're a hindrance. I know people, and you know people, been one of them maybe. Uh, you go to church for the people. You're there because you know uh, your best friend's going to be there. You're there because that's the only social status that you have. You're there because it may be the only family you have. And there ain't nothing wrong with having friends and family. But let me tell you all something. We're not here uh, because we're just family. We're not here because we're just friends. I'm here because there is a Savior that's alive and well, and He's on His throne, and He's still changing people's lives. Lives, and he's still saving sinners and he's still making blind eyes see he's still God neighbor I'm telling you this morning sometimes uh, God wants you and I uh, to have the faith to say I'm willing to walk away from what's normal in order to see God do what's supernatural if you're not willing to leave the normal you're never going to see God do the supernatural you know the reason most people don't ever see God move drastically in their life they won't take a step of faith I want God to do this in my life, okay? But He's not going to as long as you keep mounting your post and doing the same thing over and over. And I'm not, listen, don't misunderstand. I'm saying you ought to be here. You ought to be faithful. You ought to come to your church. I ain't saying that. What I'm saying is it can become a routine and a ritual. And if you're not careful, you'll end up religious and instead of a relationship and carrying a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody's out there that can't get to Jesus unless you go get them. Are you listening? Listen, ain't no doubt they wanted to be in the meeting. Ain't no doubt they wanted to shout. Ain't no doubt they wanted to sing and pray that day. I mean, if you love church, Church, you love church. And they had to leave the church to go to a man that could not walk. Amen. Sick of the palsy. Notice number two. How are you going to get to the next level with God? Your faith. Number two, not only do they have to leave their comfort zone, but their faith created the possibility for them to climb where nobody else had been. Their faith. They had to leave. And by leaving, they come back. You know what they found? There wasn't no room for them. Anybody ever lost your seat at meeting? I've had a few people try to steal mine. Didn't work out for me. I put my Bible down, Jack. That's where I'm sitting. Hey, man, you put you move mine over, put yours. I'll throw it on the floor. It's my seat. Help me right there. That's right. Them boys will tell you. We marked our seats. Somebody moved us. I moved them. Praise God. But they said, what are we going to do? I said, we're going to sit. We got here two and a half hours early. We're going to sit where we put our Bibles. Amen. You ever notice somebody get upset? They walk in church and the visitor's there and they sit in their seat. And they look up the preacher. Help me somebody. Pointing at their seat. Listen to me. That's the way these fellas felt. They stand there to meet and sing God doing everything He's going to do and uh, preaching and performing a miracle. They thought, boy, we've got, to go, we've got to go get the man that's sick of the palsy. And when they left, they gave up their space and their seat and they come back and there was no room, not even enough to walk in the door. They had to get out of their comfort zone. And by doing so, here's what it did. It created a faith that created a possibility for them to climb where nobody else had been. Look with me in verse 4. <coughs> The Bible said, when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, 
They even covered the roof where he was. That's where I got my thought next level with God. Their faith took them to a level nobody else in the meeting was at. What I'm trying to tell you is their faith took them where nobody else had been. Everybody was down worshiping God. Nothing wrong with it. Everybody was in their assigned seats. Nothing wrong with it. Everybody was singing Amazing Grace and it is well. There was nothing wrong with that. But these men, they were sitting in the meeting and they said, how fair is it for us to, uh, to, to, to soak it all in when we know that man that has no hope and he has no help. We ought to go by faith. I know it's crowded. I know we'll lose our spot. But we ought to go by faith and get him and bring him back. We'll find the way they got back to find there was no way. There was people sitting in the windows. Every seat in the house was full. The middle aisle was packed out. You could not walk in the door. Did they quit? Did they give up? Did they get mad? Did they try to have a conversation with the pastor about who took their seat? No. They weren't there for the people. They weren't there for the prizes. They weren't there for the pat on the back. They were there because a man needed God to heal him. Needed God to save him. And so they stepped back the same faith uh, that told them to leave, to carry that man back. The same faith uh, that opened their eyes and their hearts uh, and told them to climb. Go to the next level with God. And here's the facts. There's the people that kept them from getting to Jesus. And they had to look with a new perspective now. There was no way to get where they needed to be for, with God from the lower level. What I'm trying to tell you is this. There's nothing wrong with being faithful. There's nothing wrong with being in your place. There's nothing wrong with hearing the preacher. You ought to be here. And you ought to do those things. But you ought not stay there. You ought not make that your lifelong uh, status. You ought to go. You ought to climb. You ought to get closer. Do whatever it takes to go to the next level with God. They went to the next level. Their faith was big enough. They stepped back and started looking in different location. They could no longer look around. Are you listening to me? They walked in, Brother Dax, they could not look around. Back up. They had to quit looking this way, Brother John. Start looking this way. They looked around and said, there's no hope down here on the lower level. Let's go outside and see if we can't figure something out. And the more they looked this way, there was no possibilities. But as soon as they looked up, one of them nudged the other and said, I got an idea. What is it? Let's take the roof off the place. What would you say? You want him to meet Jesus? Yes, sir, I do. Well, we've done left church. We've done lost our seats. We've done got kicked out of the building. So the only other way I know to get in is to go up. Help us, somebody. The only other way they could go in where Jesus was uh, was to look up and to go up. Uh, their eyes were now looking at different possibilities of getting to Jesus instead of the people who were gathered with Jesus. May I say too many times uh, people fail to get close to God because all they can see is this way. All they can see is the people and the pews and the crowd and the cluster and the problems. You better know those problems there that day. I'll show you later on in the text. It was, uh, there's a few Pharisees that day. 
By the way, anytime Jesus is in his house, there's always one. That's a Pharisee. Help me somebody. There was problems there that day. But can I say if your focus is always on everybody else and not on Christ, you can mark her down. You'll find yourself standing on the outside while the devil is standing by the backside of somebody. If you look at everybody else, you'll be on the outside and the devil will be by the bedside of that one that you love. And man, hadn't went and got him that day. You better know, they said it was noise Jesus was in the house. That old fellow heard about it too. Right. He probably heard the singing. Might have heard the shouting. I about guarantee he heard the preaching. And he thought, here I am, all them Christians. By the way, that's how the world thinks. They're all down there happy and they know my life blew all to pieces. And ain't one of them came by to talk to me. Same thing. Help me somebody. Some of y'all's been there. Christian. Never offered to help me. Never offered to take me to church. Never offered to be nice and kind. Never offered to introduce me to Jesus. We don't need that testimony around here, friend. I want our faith to take us to the next level where we're not so focused on one another and we're not so focused on this and that and the other, but we're focused on reaching people that cannot reach God on their own. There's a faith that got them out of their comfort zone. Not only a faith that got them out of their comfort zone, but... Their faith created the possibility for them to climb where nobody else had been. The faith of these four individuals took them to another level. Not just physically, but spiritually. They went up. Everybody else was low. They were above them. May I say that in today's day and hour, we need some people to stop looking around and look up. We need somebody to take their eyes off the crowd and put them on Christ. Uh, my friend, that's the kind of faith that will take you to the next level with God. That's the kind of faith that will lead, cause you uh, to leave your comfort zone. That's the kind of faith uh, that will create possibility to climb where nobody else has been. Uh, I'm not interested in being a lower level Christian I want to go to new heights with God I want to go places I've never been with you she ain't going to get there without faith I want the faith to say I'm willing to go places I've never been and do things I've never done to see God on a level I've never seen so he'll save people I've never known are you hearing me this morning get out of your comfort zone and look by faith for new possibilities to climb where others have never been. Nobody in that building had been at in that place of the meeting. They got higher physically and spiritually than anyone else. Thirdly this morning, their faith not only created the possibilities for them to climb where nobody else had been and caused them to leave their comfort zone, but thirdly, their faith uncovered some things that opened up a new path to the Lord Jesus Christ. Look with me in verse 4. Everybody okay? Amen. When they could not come nigh unto Him for the press, they uncovered the roof where He was. When they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. Their, number three, their faith uncovered some things that opened up a new path to Christ. May I say they had to labor before they could let down the bed. Let me tell you all something. Getting people to Jesus is not going to be easy. Help somebody. 
It wasn't anything. You just didn't go pick him up and pull right in, drop him off at the drive through window and Jesus said three little words and he was up walking on his way. No, no, no. They had to labor to get him from where he was and transport him there. Then when they got there, they couldn't get the man in. Then they had to look around and find another level with God and they had to climb up on the roof and had to cut the hole, had to get the size right, had to pull the man up on there. Y'all imagining this. They, talk, they had a lid. They had to physically lift him up and physically let him know. I mean, it was hard to get him where God was, but it was worth every mile. Worth every tear, worth every drop of sweat, worth the blood, the sweat and the tears, everything that went into this, this man coming to know the Lord. It was a product of their faith. Notice what the Bible said in verse 5. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. It wasn't necessarily his faith. It was their faith. They had faith. Let me ask you something. You got faith for anybody that ain't got faith for themselves? Come on, preacher. There's people I think in my heart know and my heart's going to be all right because I've got faith for them. Help me, somebody. They can't have faith for themselves. They're in no shape to exercise faith, but you can have faith in God uh, that He'll do what you're praying and asking Him uh, to do. Can I say their faith uncovered some things that opened up a path to Christ? I began to think about this. And I got in a little deeper than I thought I would and a little over my head, honestly. But this is really my thought today. Bring it all to this. I begin to think a few thoughts about the uncovering of the roof. Number one, I want you to consider the height of the roof. The height of the roof. It was a climb. Let me tell you something. Everybody wants to be on the mountain, but nobody wants to make the climb to get there. You can't get on the mountain by a helicopter, friend. Help somebody. Abraham walked the mountain to get in the glory. The height of this roof, it was not an easy task serving Jesus. I listen to, I'm not going to give you Joe Osteen out of hell, false doctrine. It's not going to be easy. It's not always going to be fun. It's not always going to be enjoyable. But once you make the climb, you'll go to levels you've never been with God by faith, and it will always be worth it. They had the, look at the height of this roof. If it was eight foot tall, if it was ten foot tall, if it was twenty foot tall, think about the height of the roof. Uh, they, I mean, they had genuine faith for him. Let's just be honest. Who in here? Uh, you went to get somebody, rode them in on a hospital bed, and you could not even walk in the door. Jesus is preaching the house down, and there that little old sick man is, a uh, crying, saying, "I just need him uh, to say one word, touch me one time," and you can't make it in. Most of us would have backed up through our Bible down through a hissy fit and said my God somebody let me in but not them men they had faith to say okay we can't walk through the doors we're getting in somehow or another at whatever the cost consider the height of that roof it was a journey it was a hard task it was a climb but then secondly I want you to consider the heat of the roof I've never been to the Holy Land. Hope to go someday. If anybody ever runs into five or six thousand dollars you don't need, I'll take it. And I'll get me a trip with Ralph Sexton Jr. and I'm out. 
But I do know this about that land. It's a hot desert place. Are you listening to me? If there's anybody in the building today that knows anything about working in the heat, it's probably Teddy Bear. Oh, Teddy Bear get out there and they said that black top's about 300-something degrees. Is that right? Not to mention in the summer it's 90-something in the heat index of 110. And he's out there working on that black top. Boy, I'm going to tell you something. That's a hot place to be. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I ain't never done black top, but I have been on a roof in the heat of summer. It's hot. It's hot. This roof, I want you to understand something. They just didn't have shingles. I began to study and think about what, what would this roof have consisted of. And here's what I found. Pretty much what they would do is they would literally clay the roof, if you would. They would be clay and rock and uh, they, would, they would lay uh, branches. There was different things. And it was a very hot compound in the heat of the day. I began to think about the height of the roof, then the heat of the roof. And the Lord directed my heart and my mind to what it's going to take by faith to go to a different level with God. You're going to have to be able to endure some heat. Is anybody listening to me? You're going to have to be able to endure somebody giving you trouble and lying about you. You're going to have to be able to pass the test when somebody's running your name through the mud all over town and nothing they're saying's right, nothing they're saying's true, and you're getting dirty looks from people that you've never done a thing in the world to. It's when the heat turns up, man, when your old flesh wants to retaliate and backbite and fire back. I've been there. I know how it feels. But my friend, when the heat turns up, you've got to be willing to endure the heat if you're ever going to make it to the next level with God. They had to endure the heat. They couldn't escape it. They had to have faith through it. Then I began to think about the height of the roof. I began to think about the height of the roof. I promise you one thing, it was no easy task. You want to cut a hole in the roof of your house, ain't too really too bad. Pop you a few shingles off, get you a saw and cut a hole in it. This is more like cement. This stuff hardened like a rock. I begin to think about the height of the roof, brother, brother John, what all they had to go through and the layers that they had to peel back. Are you listening to me? It was that old clay. You know what clay is, don't you? Uh, clay's nothing more than dirt or mud. Uh, that's a type, if you will, of them having to crucify their flesh. Uh, uh, they were having to peel back and kill uh, and hammer and beat that old, that old mud, that hide something neighbor you're never going to climb up to new heights and go to a different level with God until you're willing to die to yourself crucify yourself take up the cross and follow Jesus you've got to be able to deal with your flesh if you're ever going to make it to another level with God not only the height I begin to think about the hardness of the roof you're talking about Anybody ever been through spiritual hard times? Anybody ever felt like a wall spiritually has been built up? You can't break the barrier. You can't get around it. 
Don't matter how many times you hit, don't how many times you claw, don't matter how many times you cry, don't know how many times uh, you pray. Seems like that hardest stone moves in. Uh, has anybody ever sat there with a cold, stony heart? I'm trying to tell you, neighbor, you can overcome it. You can make it to the next level with God if you'll have faith. But you've got to be able and got to be willing to endure the hard times of uh, the hardness of the roof. Uh, it wasn't simple as busting wood, friend. Uh, it was basically basically rock, concrete and brick. I'm talking about some difficult days. These four men were willing to face it all for the one man to get saved. The hardness of the roof. But then, this is really where I got in over my head, Brother Dax. I'm not a good numbers guy. But the Lord showed me some things. And the Lord showed them to me. That's why I think I'm right. I then started considering the whole of the roof. They had faith that took them to another level. Their faith uncovered some things. We consider the height of the roof, the heat of the roof, the height of the roof, the hardness of the roof. But now let's look at the whole of the roof. I begin to think the Bible said there in verse number 4, when they could not come nigh unto Him, for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. They was not just uncovering the roof for the man. Notice what the Bible says in verse number four. They uncovered the roof because that's where Jesus was. Here's what the Lord spoke to me, brother Teddy. Sometimes it's as simple as reaching out your hand, and there he is. But sometimes he's wanting to see how much, how bad you really want him. They needed to see Jesus that day. That's why they did all this, Brother John. That's why they endured the height and the heat and the hide and the hardness and then they had to cut out a hole. I begin to think about this. Y'all think what you want, but I've been shouting about it for two days, so keep it to yourself. I begin to think, what kind of bed you reckon this old fellow had? I thought, well, sick of the palsy. If I was guessing, he probably laid there on a twin-sized bed. Something small and simple. I promise you they didn't have big kings and queens over in Israel. It's probably just enough for an average man to fit on. And I'm telling you, the Lord directed me in this direction, Brother Dax. I promise you, just think what you want. The Lord told me, look up the dimensions of a twin-sized mattress. You know what they are? Three foot by six foot. Three foot by six foot. God began to deal with me about that. Three is the number of completion. Six is the number of man. Right. And I dwelled and chewed on that for hours. I believe that hole was probably three foot by six foot. Right. Enough to let just that man in his bed down to Jesus. I mean, you, you know they didn't go overboard. It was hard enough to get the hole the size to fit him through. I believe it was a three foot by six foot. And then, a, then the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you, I know I'm right. The Holy Ghost said, add them together. And I said, number nine. Three foot by six foot, and then three plus six is nine. And you know what nine is? Nine is the number of finality, but it's also the number of the fruits of the Spirit. And the Bible lets us know that the number nine is used 49 times in Scripture. The number nine symbolizes divine completeness or finality. Can I say we find Christ died the ninth hour? We find the fruits of the Spirit are nine love, joy, 
peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance uh, in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. I couldn't resist. Uh, uh, but nine is also the third squared number of three. And the Bible said in 1 John 5, 7 and 8, for there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, the Holy Ghost. These three are one. And there are three that bear witness in the earth. Uh, the Spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree in one. You've got one plus one equals uh, plus one equals three. And one times one times one equals one. So you can multiply one three ways and still get one. Are you help? Are you following me? I'm trying to tell you, Father. Son, I'm Holy Ghost. It's not three, it's one. If you add the three together, you get three. Three being the square of number nine. It's here in our text, my friend. How can I say when a person's born again, saved, regenerated, cleansed, washed in the blood, forgiven, becomes a child of God? How can I say we become partakers of divine nature? Oh, we grow naturally after that. Second Peter 1 4, and God multiplies. Himself in the life of that person. That, my friends, the Trinity squared. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. One plus one plus one equals three. But one times one times one equals one, friend. You can have three numbers times itself by each other. It's still one. Here in our text, we have verse four and verse five. Four plus five is what? I tell you, God, I didn't read this in a book. I didn't look it up on Google. This is what God showed me this week. What's verse 4 plus verse 5 equal? 9. I think it's no coincidence that a twin size mattress 3 plus 6 is 9. 9 is 3 squared, which is a type of the Trinity. While we may not know the actual dimensions of the whole, it does make sense to me that it's possible that his bed may have been three uh, by six, which equals nine. And by adding his life from verse four, which was bound, but then oh, in the roof, the top of the flesh is broken. He's then let down to Jesus, the top of bowing, into verse number five, where he's forgiven nine. It's the the fruit of the Spirit. You take verse 4, that's his life. He's bound and broken. But you meet Jesus in verse 5 and you add the two together and you find the man received the fruit of the Spirit. Two verses added together meaning finality. In other words, sin moved out and the Holy Ghost moved in. I think I just believe uh, that the hole was cut open that day uh, signifies and seals uh, his forgiveness from them by the Lord Jesus, my friend. All I'm trying to say is the faith of the four men and the faith of Jesus. Uh, uh, he acknowledged him and admired on that day. It was their faith uh, that brought the fruit of God and the Holy Ghost into a lame man's life. I imagine it burdened those there that day to get somebody they knew to Jesus. Can you imagine how everybody else felt? When they seen them men bust the hole in the roof, let that man down. Jesus stopped right in the middle of his sermon, looked up, and seen them four heads peeping over in the hole. And he said, It's their faith. Yep. He looked at that man. Lord, help me. Yeah. He said, It's their faith that made him whole. Yeah. Their faith. Son, because of their faith, thy sins are forgiven thee. All right. I imagine it convicted those that were there that day who were guilty of living in their comfort zone. But one thing's for sure, it changed everybody's life. Those four men were recognized by Christ in verse 5. I'm almost done. Y'all still here? 
The sick of the palsy were redeemed by Christ in verse 5. The Pharisees were rebuked by Christ in verse 6 through 11. Then the saints were rejoicing in Christ in verse number 12. May I say you can mark her down every church that Jesus is in. There's always a Pharisee or two hanging around. But that's no reason to worry or get upset because every time God does something that only He can do even, the Pharisees have to admit things just went to a whole other level. That's right. The religious crowd that day, they could not deny that things just went to a whole other level. You know what it said in verse 12, don't you? We'll read it together. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all. It's so much that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. How are we ever going to have an experience like that in our lives? How are we going to go to another level with God in our personal lives or in our church? Right. We'll tell you how. Through by faith. That's it. It was the faith of these four men that we find this man sick of the palsy. He's not only healed, but he's saved. Jesus forgave his sins that day. Here's my question today. Will you remain content and comfortable being a lower level Christian? Or do you have the faith to go to the next level with God? I want to go to the next level. If that means getting out of my comfort zone. If that means having to see things from a different perspective. If that means having to fight the heat and the height and the hardness to cut a hole in order to get where God is not only working for me but will do and help and work for someone else. Well, John, I just want to be the first to say today, I'm willing to have that kind of faith. I want to have it. I want the kind of faith to say, look, I'm willing to walk away from what's normal and comfortable to go after the one that needs saved. That man needed saved. He wasn't just sick. He was lost. He said, man, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Pharisees weren't happy about it, but they went out saying, well, one thing's for sure, fellas. We've never saw it on that fashion. The kind of faith that will take you to the next level with God. Let's all stand. Brother Teddy, please come. Play us something softly if you would. On the piano, I want to ask you this morning, what kind of faith are you exercising? You got next level faith or are you content being a lower level Christian? You happy just coming to church and rolling through the motions? Or you really want God to save those people that are lost that you love? What about the people that you don't even know that are lost? You willing to go get them? You willing to go tell them there's a Savior in town? He'll heal you of your disease. He'll make lame men walk, blind men see, deaf men hear, dumb men speak. Set the captive free. Forgive you of your sins. Are you willing? I want to have next level faith this morning. Altars are open. Brother Teddy's going to play us a song. Won't you come? Say, God, increase my faith. Give me the faith, Lord, to get out of my comfort zone. Next level faith. You come.
come this morning. You come.